0: Uh, excuse me, are we on? Oh, I think so. Thank you. Hello,
1: it's Paul. It's Nessa. It's, it's Paul, Paul and Nessa's, Nessa's Happy Hour.
0: Up. A sketch comedy podcast with added stuff and nonsense. Wow,
2: episode 11 of a sketch comedy podcast.
0: It's too funny for girls. It's just for me and my alpaca. I'll
2: be your alpaca. Mmm.
0: We all adore uh, episode 11 of... Uh... Excuse me, excuse me, hello, hello sir, sir, excuse me, hello, hello, can you, hello, sir, excuse me, excuse me. What? You're sitting on my baby. Oh. Oh. Yes, it's us again. Oh <laughs> God help everybody. Welcome to Paul and S's happy hour. Uh, uh,
1: welcome. Uh, come in. <laughs> Wipe your feet though. Uh, actually, do you mind taking your shoes off? I've just had a new carpet <laughs>
0: What the bloody hell are you
1: going <laughs> I've got no idea. I think <laughs> the drugs have started to kick in.
0: Started? dear <laughs> <laughs> me, there's uh, enough it right I'm on with the show. Yeah, uh, Nurse? <laughs> <laughs> Straight jacket? <laughs> Okay, Tarquin, we've got a really big commission to work on today, so I hope you're
1: pumped up. Oh, God, Jemima, I'm so pumped up. I've been to the gym this morning, I've drank my plastic cup of orange sludge with a good bacteria. I'm more pumped up than the little Spaniard at the back of the Running of the Bulls.
0: Okay, 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 right, so we need to come up with a new reality show for the new ITV
1: channel. Oh, new channel? Cool. What's it called?
0: ITV crud. Catchy. They need a show that will be a ratings winner so that they can sell mansion loads of advertising space, yeah?
1: Yeah, got it, Gems, got it, got it, yeah, yeah. I'm on the page, I'm dialed in, I'm clicking the link and hitting subscribe.
0: All right, so basically, as we know from our extensive audience research when we came up with our last show... (sighs) Naked naked Celebrity celebrity Deerstalking with
1: with Patrick Patrick (laughs) Keelty.
0: The general TV watching public... Are basically
1: a bunch of idiots. Yeah, bunch of fucking idiots, I think was the description they settled on.
0: <laughs> okay, so what we need to do, Taki, is come up with one simple concept and just fill it with people who are even bigger fucking idiots
1: the people watching. Yeah, right. OK, well, let's see. What's cheap and easy to make? Uh, Oh, a cookery programme. Cliché, babes.
0: They're giving everyone a fucking cookery programme these days. You don't need a TV licence anymore. You just need a, a sodding recipe book. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> nice one, G to the Mima. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Just thought of it there and then.
1: OK, OK. All right, so... <laughs> (laughs) Not cookery.
0: Oh, 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 what about uh, talent show? Oh, God, give me strength. The only thing worse than an idiot on TV is an idiot on TV, who thinks he's Tom fucking Jones. Oh, yeah,
1: alright, yeah, yeah, gotcha, Jimmy Babes, hmm. need to ratchet this up a few notches, let me just climb out of the box here and get right in the zone, sing my inspiration song, yeah, and see what I can come up with, okay, yeah, yeah.
3: Hum, hum, hum. alright, I gotta think of an idea, I gotta do it without fear, cause we... Gotta come up with a plan, and I'm the man, my name's not Stan. Oh, yeah, I've got it,
1: got an idea, Gems.
0: Boom, let's cover it in Creosote and see if it's
1: waterproof. Okay, we take two rival teams of idiots, give them a £50 note and a suitcase full of rice pudding, and drop them in the middle of Ambleside. The first team to make it to Carlisle train station wins a timeshare in Ibiza and a £100 Primark gift card.
0: Mm, mm, mm Not bad, not bad, but it's missing something.
4: Okay,
1: okay. Uh how about they're all naked?
0: Mmm Still not sure, Tark Vader. Tell you what, let me just Freestyle here and see what happens.
1: Oh, yes. Oh. Freestyle, baby. Do what you do best. There she is. Jemima Climber 69er. Go for it, babes. Okay, so we've
0: got some contestants. Yeah. Four, six, ten, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great,
1: great, great, great. Are they idiots?
0: Fucking idiots.
1: Love it. Are they naked?
0: No, Tarquin. They're not naked. Oh. But they are
1: on horses. Ooh, equine. Yes. Jump. Yeah? Are the horses... Naked,
0: yes, tar, they are.
1: Cool, cool, cool.
0: OK, OK, right, so they're running round in a, 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 you know, a circular track on horseback with oh, <laughs> parcels of chopped liver being thrown at them, which, which, which they have to dodge.
1: Yeah, well, who doesn't like projectile awful?
0: All while answering a series of general knowledge questions.
1: Yes, and juggling. Yes, 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 yes. Juggling what? Tennis balls. Too easy. Kitchen knives. Too lawsuit Human babies. What? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, went off-piece there for a second.
0: Anyway, whatever they're juggling, it doesn't matter right now, Oh, we can fine-tune this baby later in time for the pitch to the ITV Crud Execs. Oh,
1: wow, Gemstone, I think we've done it yet again.
0: <laughs> came up with another spec. Spectacularly awful show that idiots will inexplicably lap up for years to come, making us an absolute fortune in the process. Oh. <sighs> what time's it? Nearly 11am.
1: Oh. Shall we go to lunch?
0: I think we've deserved it, Tarky baby. It's your turn to buy the Moet today.
1: Oh, screw it, Mr Gem. I'm going to buy us a bottle each. Oh,
0: great. Oh, wait, before we go... We need a presenter for the show. Oh yeah. Who can we get who's right for this style of show? Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: mm. it's
1: uh um, would have been uh, uh, Oh <gasps> Nagamonchetti,
0: Nagamonchetti! Oh, yeah. Um Jem Will she Yes, Tarquin. Nagamonchetti will be naked.
4: Yes!
1: This little piggy went to market, this little piggy stayed at home, this little piggy had roast beef, this little piggy had none, and this little piggy went wee 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 all the way home. That's all
0: very well Prime Minister, but will you answer the question on the NHS? <laughs>
4: Jokes, jokes
1: that make you
0: laugh, jokes, jokes that make you
4: cry, jokes. jokes that are really, really funny. Mama. Jokes. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I hope you've improved on your last few no, offerings.
0: They're not gonna get any better. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> what did the policeman say to his tummy? Oh I know this one. <laughs> no <laughs>
1: isn't you it, don't. Isn't it what what does the German policeman say to his tummy? No. <laughs> Go on then, do the punchline.
0: Thank you. Thanks for your permission.
1: Everybody's already shouted it.
0: <laughs> Freeze! You're under a vest. Yeah.
1: You don't need to be German. You're under a vest.
0: It works perfectly well. You're under a vest.
1: Why would an English policeman say you're under a vest?
0: Because the policeman's cold and he wears a vest. <laughs> Is
1: that what? And one they're, the
0: fri- they're 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 um, camouflage, not camouflage ones. <laughs> they're ones. That Bulletproof they're, 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 ones. They're, 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 that's the ones. And they're the ones you didn't have when you
1: ones. lived in. Sorry, sorry, Hampshire.
4: <laughs>
0: Such a twat. I'm taking my joke book and going home.
2: (laughs) Puny humans, I am Makala, leader of the Graspatrons, your overlords, (sighs) and so on. Despite weeks of me threatening you all with oppression and certain death you have lavished thanks and goodies upon us for saving you from the aggressive sales techniques of the Rebellifonte Floral Company Invasion Fleet. My crew have been relaxing and enjoying the luxurious gift hampers that you've sent up, and... Trooper, what is the name of my favourite local tipple again?
0: Lighter fluid, sir.
2: Yes, with ice and a slice. Lovely. Mm -mm. But the thing is, guys... All these presents and the forthcoming concert by Diana Ross are all very well and good. But what we really need right now is money. Cash. The intergalactic constant that is Spoon-dolix. spoon. We need money. Humanity, remember when you fleeced me and maxed out my credit card? Well, we're now being held hostage up here in orbit by the comtech div support bailiffs. They won't let us go home or invade you unless we pay off at least a nominal deposit, but ideally the whole outstanding amount. Don't you feel ever so slightly responsible for getting us into this situation? In the name of St. Cyanide, it's only 300 grown odds. But if charity is a rude word on your planet, could we perhaps sell the hampers back to you? Would that be permitted? We've offered them to Comtective Watt in exchange, but they don't like those tins of processed ham with the jelly in. Some of the more obscure chutneys have had us all concerned, quite frankly. Maybe instead of just shuttling her up here to sing for us. Diana Ross could just send us a CD and you can sub us her fee how much does she charge for a private gig anyway these days please just let me know lots of love your cuddly friend and overlord mergala kiss kiss and sign off with our catchy jingle
4: <inaudible>
2: Trooper? sir once we have the money begin the invasion kill them all Sir, press the
0: red button to stop broadcasting.
2: What? I thought it was the green button.
0: No, that's when you're on. Red for off, green for on. Ah, off. Oh, well Paul's just had to leave the studio for a few minutes. Um, Jim Davidson's just knocked on the door canvassing for the Conservative Party. (laughs) And Paul's still outside smashing his face in with a collapsible chair. Not to worry because joining us in the studio we have the ever popular Australian children's storyteller, Kylie Lidgeberg ball G'day, Nessa. Hello, Kylie. It's great to have you back with us again.
1: Yeah, well, it's great to be here, Nessa, to Kiley. be honest. Uh, I've been back home in Oz the last few weeks, and uh, to be honest, it's nice to get back here to a country where there aren't a whole bunch of fucking man-eating spiders everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've heard that can be a bit of a problem in Australia.
1: Yeah, yeah. Plus, we think there's something up with the koalas recently.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we think they might have been uh, recruited by the Russians. <laughs>
0: <Right>. Well anyway. <laughs> Moving swiftly on.
1: Yeah, I think you better.
0: Oh yeah, I think I better. Yeah. Well, I hate to ask this, but have you got another story for us,
1: Kylie? Ah, uh, yeah, I sure have, Nessa.
0: Right, well, off you go.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Just uh get a little, little bit of libation here. There we go. Right. Thank God we've got his riders. Yeah, yeah, right. G'day, little Bruces and Sheila's. Uh, it's time for another little delve into storybook land, and today we're going to have this all-time classic by Eric Carle, The Very Hungry Caterpillar. <laughs> <coughs> Although, if you ask me, it should actually be called The Very Greedy Fat Bastard. <laughs> we'll get into that as we go along. Right, anyway, here we go. <clears throat> we open up the book. Just take another little uh, libation there. No, I didn't dribble it down my chin. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> a right, what? Do you want a bib? No, don't worry, I'll be alright. <clears throat> here we go. Uh, we open the book, Yet yeah, Lots of randomly coloured dots there, by the way, all over the place for no apparent reason. Don't know what the fuck that's got to do with a fucking caterpillar, but anyway, here we go. So, right, it's night time. The moon is out, and there's a little egg laying on a leaf. Oh, and by the way, straight away, that little white thing does not look like an egg. Looks like a blob of semen, to be honest with you. (laughs) And that moon's face does not look right either. Looks like a, a police identity photo, quite frankly. That moon looks like he's done a stretch, and his name's on a register, you know what I mean? Anyway... It's Sunday morning. The sun comes up and out of the semen-disguised egg blob pops a little caterpillar who's very hungry. So basically what's happened here is the caterpillar's gone on a fucking legendary binge drink Saturday night, right? And he's woken up with a fucking hangover munchies, is not he? (laughs) Right? And and fuck me, does he go about doing something about that? Off he goes, right? Hunting for food. Now, we don't need to go into the details about it, right? Just rest assured that this little booze-soaked bastard lives up to his description of very hungry. He eats for a week, right? Literally. Every day, he shoves more and more fucking food into his tiny little caterpillar mouth. Apples, pears, plums, strawberries, oranges... On the Saturday alone, he eats chocolate cake, ice cream, a pickle, Swiss cheese, salami, a lollipop, cherry pie, a sausage, cupcake and some fucking watermelon, for Christ's (laughs) sake. I mean, I've had the munchies in my time, but it's like this dude is constantly having weed intravenously fed into him or something, I don't know. Anyway, after all that, it's Sunday again, right? And now the caterpillar is feeling much better because he's munched on a nice green leaf. (laughs) oh yeah 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 we get the underlying connotations there mate munched on a nice green cannabis leaf probably (laughs) he's gonna do the whole thing all over again but oh wait no he's not hungry anymore well i'm not fucking surprised (laughs) quite frankly and he's not little anymore He was a big, fat caterpillar, it says here. Yeah, well, no shit, Sherlock. (laughs) So, what does he do? He builds a cocoon around himself and he stays inside for more than two weeks. That's a little bit uh, unspecific, by the way, isn't it? More than two weeks? I mean, what does that mean? A month? Three years? What? Anyway, eventually, he comes back out of his house. And guess how he does that? He nibbles a hole in the cocoon. He literally eats the house that he's built from the inside out. The greedy little fucker just can't stop munching. I mean, what's the matter with him? Anyway, just going to take another little libation here. There we go. Anyway, so he eats his way out and, oh, wow. Now look at that. He's become a beautiful butterfly. Oh, he looks pretty special now. I mean, oh, what a life of adventure he must have ahead of him now. Let's see. Oh, that's the end. (laughs) Fucking great. Just when it looked like something interesting was going to happen. Just when we see some kind of inciting incident in the story, it's finished. What a crock of shit. (laughs) By the way... While we're here, can we just question this book's status as a classic? I mean, all it is basically is a fucking insect with an eating disorder, right? <laughs> the only, the only quirky thing—and you saw me mime the quotation marks around the word "quirky" there, <laughs> Nessa, right—is that during his fucking food binge rampage. The pages of the book increase in size as he eats more and more. And also, there are actually little holes in the pages as if the little caterpillars actually munched through them, right? I mean, this book is nothing that you couldn't put together with a pair of scissors and a fucking hole punch. <laughs> Anyway, <clears throat> there you go, little Bruce's and Sheila's. Another classic story for you. The moral of which seems to be: eat as much shit as you want and get as fat as you like, as long as you then go and hide yourself away in your shitty little house until you sort out your appearance and are deemed beautiful enough to enter into society again. My name's Kylie Ball, and I'll see you on the next edition of Jack a Fucking Nori. G'day.
0: <laughs> well, thank you, um, very, <sighs> very much for for that, Kylie, and um. Yeah, well, we we look forward to seeing you again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, can't wait to come back. Friday night was just an opossum's gestation period away from becoming Saturday morning, and I was still in my office, exhausted. I'd been working on a case all week. My new desk was being delivered on Monday, but in the meantime this suitcase would have to do. I was looking forward to putting my feet up with a good bourbon. I always kept my work feet on my bourbon shelf over the weekend when she walked in. She still hadn't figured out how to use doors, but that was just one of her quirks. Hey, Johnny.
0: Long time no see, said the dead
1: fish. She had a voice that could great cheese and an hourglass figure. Unfortunately, that hour was 3 p.m. on a wet Wednesday afternoon. I didn't understand it either, but it somehow fitted unlike her dress. I've been trying to call you, Johnny. I didn't get any call, sweet cheeks. I know.
0: I've been cut off for not paying the phone bill.
1: She stood there like she owned the place, which was fitting, because she did. She was my landlady, and I hadn't paid my rent for six weeks.
0: You haven't paid your rent for seven weeks, Johnny.
1: Maths was never my strong suit. My full set of armor I bought off eBay, that was my strong suit.
0: You better come up with what you owe me, Johnny boy. Or you'll be running your two-bit private dick outfit from the back of your Ford Fiesta.
1: I've just been having a quiet spell, Tallulah. Just give me a couple of days to see what I can do.
0: No dice, Johnny. You got the weekend, not a second longer.
1: And with that, she turned and left. I trudged the rain-soaked streets for a while, walking past the women of the night selling their bodies.
0: Hey, sugar, wanna buy an arm?
1: And the stray foxes that seemed to haunt this town at night.
3: Ghost fox.
1: It was a good job I still had my work feet on. They knew where to take me, and I let them. They'd walked this route a hundred times before, Whenever I'd been in trouble in the past, I came here, to the fur and knickers.
3: Hey, Johnny Malone. What do you say, Johnny?
1: Hi, Barman Pete.
3: What can I get you?
1: Just my usual.
3: Okay, so a drink. What drink can I pour you, Johnny?
1: Bourbon. On the rocks.
3: Ah, we ain't got no rocks, Johnny. Delivery got delayed. I could put some ice in it instead.
1: I guess that will have to do.
3: Sure thing, Johnny. Coming right up.
1: Barman Pete had the stench of booze and desperation about him. But so would any man who ran a dive bar full of lowlifes and deadbeats. The fur and knickers wasn't so much down at the end of Lonely Street as round the corner into What the Fuck Have I Done With My Life Avenue, just on the junction of Kill Me Now and End My Pain Boulevard. Still... It was the place to go to get the job done, if you know what I mean.
3: Hey, here's your drink, Johnny. I fished out all the midges, just how you like it.
1: Thanks, Pete.
3: So what are you doing in these parts, Johnny? You want a stink out?
1: No, Pete. I need some readies and fast. I came looking for Card Shark Bertha. Was it something I said?
3: Oh, oh, no, 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 Johnny. It's just that uh, this time every night we have a minute's silence for Tommy Three Thumbs ever since he died here last month. Oh, uh, sorry.
1: Wait, that wasn't a minute.
3: Yeah, we're not really governed by time around here.
0: Johnny
1: Malone. I heard you were looking for me. Card shark Bertha, the fastest draw this side of anywhere. I once saw her draw a sketch of a tawny owl in 36 seconds. But more importantly, she liked to play cards, and she liked to play for money. You looking for
0: a game, Johnny Malone?
1: I am, Bertha. I got my rent to pay, and you're the broad who's going to pay it for me. Oh, yeah?
0: Well, let's just see about that. Bring me a triple vermouth, Barman Pete. Hold the rocks, hold the gravel, and somebody set me up a canasta table.
1: We played for what seemed like hours, but was in fact most of a day. Saturday night was only a gerbil's gestation period away from becoming Sunday morning, and Bertha was taking me for a patsy vegan patsy at that. Then, all of a sudden, it happened.
4: Read and and Johnny
1: Malone. Six
0: of diamonds, three of clubs, and a one-eyed jack. I call that a perpendicular rinse-out.
1: Hold on just a minute, card bertha. Where'd you get that one-eyed jack from? I played two of them not three hands ago. There's no way they've made it back to the top of the deck yet. You accusing me of cheating,
0: Johnny Malone?
1: I'm asking where you got the cycloptic knave, Bertha.
0: And I'm asking if you
1: think I'm card
0: sharking you, Malone.
1: Well, what do you think? Card shark, Bertha. And that's when it all kicked off. Bertha pulled out a knife. She pulled it out of the guy she'd stabbed 10 minutes ago. She waved it around at me, so I reached for my gun. Unfortunately, I'd left it back at my office, and my arms weren't that long, so I had to trust her quick thinking and brute strength. Well,
0: well, well. Looks like only one of us is armed, Johnny.
1: And that's when it hit me. Of course. Armed! I would felt sorry for the prostitute on my way here, and even though I hadn't needed it at the time, I bought her arm from her. And now, it was going to save me from a fate worse than death. A death in the fur and knickers.
0: So what are you going to do now, Johnny?
1: Oh, I've got something up my sleeve, Bertha.
0: Oh, yeah? Like what? An arm. Is that supposed to be funny?
1: No. But it is pretty handy.
4: Uh, ha, take that. Uh, yeah, that. Yeah.
3: Looks like she wasn't the only one concealing things up her sleeves. Huh?
1: Well said, Barman Pete.
3: Okay, Johnny. You better make like an infinitive in a grammatically inferior sentence and split.
1: No need to tell me twice, Pete. See you around. With the rain bouncing off the sidewalk like a fat kid on a trampoline, I hightailed it back to my office. No doubt card-shark Bertha would come looking for me eventually, so I stopped only to buy a prostitute's leg with which I could kick Bertha's ass. It was a porcupine's gestation period into Monday morning when she sashayed into my office like a little paper bag of sugar.
0: Hello, Johnny.
1: The door. You opened it.
0: I guess I just got lucky. You got my mm. rent, Malone?
1: Yeah, I got your rent, sweet cheeks. Seven weeks' arrears and another two years up front.
0: I'm impressed. Who'd he have to shake down to come up with this little wedge?
1: Let's just say I had a helping hand. I, I had, had a, a helping, helping hand. hand. All right, sweet cheeks, you got your money. Now, there's the door, why don't you walk through it?
0: Sure, see you around.
1: It had been a crazy weekend, and not the good kind, like when it's a bank holiday and the weather's good and you all just spontaneously decide to drive to the coast on a massive piss-up. But the main thing was I'd survived it, and I was still in business. Now all I had to do was take off my work feet pour myself a large bourbon with extra rocks, and take delivery of my new desk. Case closed. And put away on top of the wardrobe once my desk was delivered.
4: Strange
3: but true.
0: true. It's strange but true. Strange but true. It's
4: strange but true. Strange but true. It's strange
0: but true. First-century Romans used piss as toothpaste, (laughs) (laughs) as it contained ammonia molecules, which apparently whitens teeth. Really? Yep. Don't flush your piss away. Put it in a bottle and rinse, (laughs) rinse, rinse rinse out. Rinse and spit. (laughs) Piss, rinse and spit.
1: Well, there you go. Now, did they did they use their own piss, or did they use other people's piss?
0: Oh, I hope they use their own. Well, I hope that it's not true, but it is strange. Well, it's strange but but true. True. <laughs> no, it's got to have been their own.
1: Yeah, I suppose it must have been.
0: Imagine if you'd been on a night on the beer and on a, a oh, takeaway. Oh.
1: Another <laughs> 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 no wonder they were so angry. The Romans.
0: <laughs> well, does piss make you angry?
1: Well, it does if you swallow it. <laughs>
0: Maybe. Strange
1: but true. It's strange but true.
0: And now the weather with Romany Shanks. What's the weather like, Romany?
1: Well, I don't know, really. depends where you live. You just look out the window. If it's wet, it means it's raining. And if it's not, then it's the other one. Thanks, Romany. You're shit. Well, that episode flew over the head, didn't it? Mm-hmm. That's Vroom. it. <laughs> what was that? That was episode 11, mate. <coughs> Uh, We've come to the end of the episode, so uh, well, as always, thank you for listening and please do keep on listening, sharing and downloading.
0: And don't forget, you can interact with us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at PN Happy Hour and have a look at our YouTube channel as well and we'll see you on the next Happy Hour.
4: Oh, Barry.
0: I want you to take off my blouse.
4: That's it.
0: Now take off my skirt. Mmm, slip it off. That's my boy. Now, Barry, I want you to take off my bra. Oh, yeah. Now take off my panties, Barry. Slip off my panties. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Right, Barry, if I ever catch you wearing my clothes again, we're finished. You have been listening to Paul and Nessa's Happy Hour, conceived, written, and performed by Paul Dunn and Nessa Karen.
1: Sketches were written by Paul Dunn and Nessa Karen. Magala was written by Tim Gambrel and featured the additional voice of David Foster. Incidental music was by Kevin MacLeod at incompetech.filmmusic.io.
0: The script editor was Paul Dunn. Happy Hour is a crankdown for production.
1: And they
4: Ta-da! See ya! <laughs> Don't go swill <swiddling> and piss! <laughs>